Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dirtcast. I'm one of your charming and lovely co-hosts, Bobby Finger, staff writer at Jezebel. I am the less charming and less oh. likable co-host, uh, Madeline Davies no. of Jezebel.com. No, you you know that we're at least equally charming. Hmm. And if not that, then you've got a, the, the longer end of the stick. Hmm. <laughs> what is the maybe? What yeah. is the positive re- reverse of the positive inverse of the short end of the, the short stick. end of the stick? I mean, I'm I'm going to take your word for it. The longer end. A leg long, up, you could say. A leg up. You've got a leg up is what I was trying to say. And I thought of like opposite of the short end of the stick. Okay, yeah. All so right, You're probably right. I'm probably a little more charming. Maddie's got a leg up. I'm just if kidding. only because she can more quickly call out leg up. So today we've got a really, really big show for everyone. Yeah, it's as usual. so much fun. Um, we're going to, after talking about the dirtiest dirt in the world, we're going to chat with two people who founded a museum that you may or may not have heard of because it went viral. It is the THNK, Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, 1994 Museum. We have Viviana Olin and Matt Harkins, the founders, the co-founders. Welcome to our museum. I'm Viviana. And I'm Matt. This is the Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, 1994 Museum. And as you can see, it's very real. It's located in the hallway of our apartment and it's filled with very real artifacts and very real donated art. Artifacts is just art with facts in it. All museums have art and artifacts. This is a museum. And they're in the studio with us today talking about Tanya and Nancy for reasons that will become clear as we go on in the podcast. But uh, suffice it to say, it's, it's, it's topical. Yeah. It's topical. Believe okay. it or not, this incident that happened in 1994, <laughs> yeah. we're dragging it out. But it's topical. Though, to be fair, I'm always looking for reasons to make it topical. I'm always willing yes. to talk about Tanya and Nancy. I mean, I think any opportunity, we would have been like, yes, Tanya and Nancy. Yeah. Episode. Like, Ugh. like I'm looking at a pipe above you right now, Maddie. And that's like topical. Dang, dark, <laughs> topical. bleak. I'm looking at the um, really over-the-top scrunchie that you have in your hair and the figure skating <laughs> um, outfit you're wearing. And I'm like, topical. <laughs> topical. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, Maddie, how was your weekend? I have this a hobby, we'll call it. Basically, what I like to do is I follow a lot of dog rescues on Instagram. Okay. And when they announce that they're having rescue events, I like to go, even though I am not allowed to have a dog in my apartment building. So it's like going to an open house with no intention to buy. Yes. Okay. Or like going to an orphanage just to hold a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which I also do. Which I also do. <laughs> but I walked in and there was not one, but two puppies who were both so cute. One was the size of a friggin' teacup. Oh, what kind? A chihuahua mix who was just so tiny. Mm. Kind of ugly, but really tiny. Kinda. Was it shivering? Chihuahuas no, were like, I, sh- I mean, I think the mix, it was like kind of chubby. It like felt like holding a little guinea pig, mm. but it was a chihuahua. And then there was also this like shepherd lab puppy that just like stole my heart and it liked me too. So. Oh, you showed me the video of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course I would record every second with this puppy and show it to everybody who I ever meet. Oh, hello. Look at my new friend. It's, uh, it's self-torture because it's like, I'm like, I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. Do you think that there are other people around doing the same thing as you? Maybe. And I don't know. I always feel bad for like the volunteers because I'm I'm just wasting their time. <laughs> like talking about dogs where I'm, they're just like, oh, so like, you know, what when do you think you'll be adopting? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. TBD. So you don't create like a like a fake character to go as? Like, oh, I'm Marjorie and I live in uh, Tribeca, 
and I'm looking to adopt an animal because my landlord loves dogs. Um, yeah, my <laughs> landlord is insisting I get a dog. Um, no, I mean, I mostly don't talk to people. I okay. mostly just like crawl around on the ground with, with the mutts. How about you? How was your weekend? Speaking of animals, I saw that documentary, Keddy, about cats, the, the cats in Istanbul. Haven't you Ooh. seen that trailer? Um, no. It's about um, cats in Istanbul and the people who take care of them, the like stray cats that just live yeah. all over the city. So it follows maybe five, six featured cats. And then there are, you know, the other cats that are just incidentally just around. But also the people who feed them and take care of them and why they love cats, why they respect cats. Very beautiful, short, mm. really fast little watch, but uh, heartwarming. That's uh, good. I have a really hard time with animal documentaries because I always feel like they're just like being inflicted by people. Oh, this <laughs> I is... like cry probably during every animal documentary <laughs> I've ever seen. This sheds like positive light on the relationships between humans and animals. It's kind of a it's a it's a mutually beneficial mutually relationship because then they, the cats make the humans feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have that sort of soothing effect on you. Yeah. Lower your blood pressure. I'm sure like holding a puppy makes you feel better. I mean, that's why I I do this weird thing where I'm just like alone. Sounds great. At rescue events. Hello. I'd like to touch a dog, please. It's me. And now I'm very excited to talk about the dirtiest dirt. Of the week. I love the dirtiest dirt of the week. I know. We love getting dirty in the dirt so much that we're so excited about it. We're kind of it. like dogs or cats yeah, in a way. Yeah, around or like birds. Birds love to like roll around in dirt. So what is the dirtiest dirt of the week? Last week, Emma Thompson, I almost call her Emma Watson. That's yeah. the wrong one. I always do that. Very different. The wrong British people. Emma. <laughs> yes. Emma Thompson was on this Scandinavian talk show called uh, Skavlan. Skavlan. <laughs> Uh, and she, like, told this anecdote about Donald Trump once asking her out on a date. And, like, the way he did it <laughs> was very Trumpian and so gross. So the phone rings in my trailer, which is never done before. I look at it and it's, like, weird. <laughs> it's like a moose has just entered my trailer. I'm just, what are you doing? Anyway, so I lift up the phone. Hi, it's Donald Trump here. I said, really? <laughs> what, can I help you? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I just, you know, I, I wondered if I could offer you some accommodation in one of my Trump Towers. They're really comfortable. And I said, why are you offering me somewhere to stay in my trailer? In the, I don't, what? Well, you know, I think we would get on very well. Maybe we could have dinner sometime. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was absolutely, I was on my own. And I just said, okay, well, um... I'll get back to you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rio. <laughs> imagine that coupling. Like, imagine that dinner. Ugh. Imagine how many times he's done this. How many times he's had that exact same phone call. Oh yeah, I bet that that was just like one in a in an hour's worth of calls. Right. It, it's probably a. It was a daily occurrence, probably when he was single, and maybe probably when he wasn't. Yeah. So Emma Thompson, and no offense to Emma Thompson, but it's like. She's not super famous. 
So it's like he was probably doing this to everyone. If it was down to Emma Thompson, who, you know, I mean, she she's just famous. Acted. She's very yeah. famous. But it's like he it just proves that like he was just as long as you were a little famous, he was willing to do it. Yeah. And sort like, of and had a puss. He <laughs> had just a puss. like wanted to famous dive in there. with a puss. Yeah, it was in. Yeah. I don't know. I just like. It's very weird to me how he uses his hotels as sort of like his swinging dick. Where yeah. like also last week, Liam Payne of One Direction, who you might not know um, because he's neither Harry Styles nor Zayn Malik. He's one of the other ones. He told this crazy story about Donald Trump kicking One Direction out oh, of, of his, his hotel because they refused to meet Tiffany, <laughs> which is just like, oh, of course they did. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, like, they were staying there and then Donald Trump was just, like, called their room and was like, you need to meet my daughter. And when they said, no, we're tired because our lives are insane. And, <laughs> and also, who traveling. is she? Yeah. <laughs> who is this? <laughs> um, Ivanka? No, Tiffany. Ivanka? No, yeah. <laughs> Tiffany. Baron? No, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he was just like, then get out of my hotel. Yeah, that's wild. It's also crazy, again, that he would do something that nice for Tiffany, which... I don't think any of us expected. You know, I hadn't even I hadn't even thought about that angle, but it's like maybe the one the one nice anecdote that I've heard about him <laughs> is that he was kind enough to like demand that one direction meet his daughter that yeah. th- that he meet Tiff- that yeah, they meet told Tiffany. him a different angle. What a hero of a father. Yeah. yeah. This um, one time. And she was like, "Dad." Yeah. <laughs> now they hate me. Yeah, right. Now it just turned immediately. <laughs> now they're never going to meet Tiffany and they're only going to think of Tiffany as like some dumb girl who they're some dumb father wanted to introduce them to like yeah terrible terrible you know association well and now it's just like a story that like we'll get Liam Payne a couple pages a couple of paragraphs in NME or whatever mm-hmm. so that's like that's that yeah. she served her purpose yeah, she they, gave 1D that story and they like they were forward thinking they said no to Trump before it was cool they were Ugh. yeah um, I mean, they only look in one direction. Oh my goodness! And that's forward. He's they had their baby, you know. Yeah, with Liam Cheryl and Cheryl Cole. That's so strange. I watched the video. I watched the the video of when they met, just oh. to like remind myself of how awkward their relationship is. He was fourteen. Oh, and he had that terrible haircut. That terrible haircut, and she's like, "Oh, you're very charming." I can't do. I'm not gonna do a British accent, but just like watching her call him charming and look just enamored by this little boy <laughs> singing a song in front of her was very strange. In other words, baby, kiss me. Simon, what do you think? I think there is potential with you, Liam. I'm just missing a bit of grit, a bit of emotion, and actually a bit of fun, funny enough. I think you're really cute. I think you've got charisma. You know, you give us that little cheeky wink. That's crazy because Harry at the time started dating Caroline Flack, who was the X Factor, like after X Factor presenter. Uh And she was, I think, 30 or older and he was like 16. And that's just like, what was going on at the X Factor? What was going on at the X Factor? Why was Simon just like, all's fine here. This is great. Yes, go for it. Well, yeah, they have a baby. No name yet, but... Mm. Cheryl and Liam, they, their relationship stood the test of time, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, good for them. It's been a while. Do you have anything else to say about Emma? And No, I don't. I will add, Emma Thompson seems like the type of celebrity who has, who was just an 
huge untapped resource when it comes sure. to celebrity stories. Oh, I bet. Because I feel like she's also, she seems very wise and trustworthy and good and kind. Like the, the kind of smart, a uh, kind of friend you'd rely on because she's smart and she always has really like sage advice, but also, you know, she's going to keep a secret. Yeah. You know, so I bet Emma Thompson knows stuff about everyone. And yes, like she would never tell. And them, like, you I know? bet like, I'm sure like her and Kenneth Branagh, when they were married, traded, you know, traded oh. industry stories around the, their mm-hmm. fireplace while yeah. like sipping scotch and reading to each mm-hmm. other. Anglo-centric also, but like still some fun American stories as well, like the Trump one. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. I'd like Emma, to, I'd love if to pick you would her brain. like to come on this podcast, it is an open invitation. We're both big fans. She'd, she'd be too, she'd be too professional then to, uh be dished at until okay emma now you're disinvited from yeah, our emma, podcast you're not and you're not invited you're not coming because we know you're too good of a friend <laughs> you'd never break someone's confidence once Ooh. you hear once i'm sure you'll also be devastated once you inevitably hear the invitation and then disinvitation <laughs> that we've just offered to you It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So I guess this this is some more dirty dirt. It's not gossip about a celebrity as much as it's gossip or speculation about a fictional character who happens to be very popular right now. Yes. It, it is the star of the Wolverine franchise and the it most recent Wolverine. installment, <laughs> Logan. And there was a debate that I first saw popping up on Twitter and then it became an article on the website Inverse where one of the authors at that website wrote a story about whether or not Wolverine, the fictional character who has a superpower that allows his body to immediately heal itself, like regenerate, you know, dead skin, gone, he can get shot and then immediately get healed, you know, whether or not he has foreskin. Right. Is Wolverine <laughs> circumcised? Is Wolverine circumcised? So the article in question that I was responding to was making it out to seem very complicated where it's like, mm-hmm. well, as a mutant, you don't really get your power until you're in the middle of adolescence. So typically uh, babies are circumcised. It's like if he had his bris. Right. Babies are circumcised within the first few weeks or months of their life. So would it have healed then? And then when he got the powers, does that regrow the foreskin or does that healed penis count as a healed penis? So, okay, I haven't yet vocalized this, and I sound crazy. Maddie's, like, rubbing her temples. Um, no, I'm really... I, so, what I was going to argue... I don't know the, like, the X-Men, 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 the X-Men mythology. So I really don't either. Canon. I really don't either. But my argument was that the... When you are a superhero and you have a power, and it's like X-Men, I feel like your power should be very black and white and really 
high concept, easy to understand, because otherwise I think that sort of messes with the excitement of a superhero. Mm-hmm. Like they have to be otherworldly. They, it has to be something that is uh, beyond explanation. It just is. And that's what we have to accept. And that's what makes it fun. That's a very personal. And I understand a lot of people like when things get very more realistic, sure. and darker and whatever. I just don't. So that's one of the main reasons for my argument. But I'm saying no, his power is that he heals himself in the X-Men movies, we've seen him get shot and cut up and his skin just regrows. So yeah. what I'm going to say is, even if he has healed from that circumcision, that's really just a scar there. Wolverine doesn't have any scars. So I was going to say, the moment he got his powers, it worked backwards. It took care of everything that happened in the past. Um, what am I trying to say? It had a... Regenerative. Regenerative. Restorative. Restorative. It re- it healed everything else in his body that had been injured in the past. I think that's how it works. I think you get back to your base level fully healed. Um, so I think he, he has foreskin. Yeah, I think that what I'm saying is I think the skin grew back. Um, if maybe he was not circumcised now, in the first If place. he was circumcised in the first place, and even if he wasn't, then the skin stayed. Right. You I know? mean, I don't think anyone was arguing that it in, fell off. <laughs> in, in in either case, I think he has foreskin, and uh, I really don't think there's a there's room for debate here. I also, what do you say, Maddie? I mean, here's the thing: going into this conversation, I assume that you were like an X Men. Oh no, super no, no, fan. no, 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 no! You are just popping off the dome. Yeah, well, I I did read the dome, so to before speak. I wrote uh-huh. that article. I bought. I bought the first three, the original X-Men comics. They're mm-hmm. short. I bought three of them. They're like 99 cents each on the Marvel website, which I didn't know you could do that, but that was kind of cool. His power was explained in like one sentence. And I think when you do that, you have to stick yeah. with something that's very simple and something that's very black and white. Okay. Um, it was like, I, I like that's my power. It's something like, I can't get harmed because I heal immediately or I heal instantly. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think that's... That was enough for me. In the most recent Wolverine movie, he's getting older and he's nearing death, right? He's he's an old man. Okay. And so it's not working as well. So he's starting to scar. But that's mm-hmm. why it, in the movie, in the most recent one, it was like surprising. Because oh, it was sure. like, oh, look, he's, he's not healing all the way. He's scarring. So it's presenting scars as this sort of impossibility for his character. Sure. So I don't think that he would have had... A circumcision scar, and I this is I feel like I'm I'm going on too long. And it's such a dumb thing for me to get passionate about, especially because I don't care about superhero movies. <laughs> I don't. I can um, see like Levi, I think our producer Levi has some opinions. I'm not sure he agrees with me. Sure. But um I mean I get what you're saying. Um I I am impressed with the passion. Just never be impressed by it. This is misplaced passion. Uh, this passion should go somewhere else. I guess it's like, do I think he is circumcised or not? My answer is all cats look great in the dark. <laughs> Moving on, we have one final bit of dirty dirt. Some might say, the dirtiest dirt. And this is what's going to lead into the rest of our episode. Mm-hmm. So it's important. We're basically going to provide some context to uh, the two people we have on the show today. But last week, Christy Yamaguchi, the gold medalist. Yeah, famed figure skater, one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, you know, I can't name many 
football players, but I can name uh, Troy Aikman. I can't name any figure skaters, but I can name Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, and Christy Yamaguchi. Yeah, and all those three were thrown back into the pot together yes. this past week. Because Nancy Kerrigan was announced as being a contestant on the upcoming season of Dancing with the Stars. Actually, currently, it's currently airing. It premiered mm-hmm. last week. So for 20 years, I've been home taking care of kids. I have three children. But once you're a competitor, I think you're always a competitor. To get out there and sort of compete again, I'm really excited about it. She has not yet been eliminated. But in the lead up to the episode, Christy Yamaguchi, who we don't know if they're friends, we don't know if they still communicate to this day, but Christy Yamaguchi tweeted, So excited for you at Nancy A. Kerrigan. Can't wait to see you grace that ballroom floor. Break a leg. Break a leg. Which is crazy because if you are like at all a pop culture aficionado or uh, even a a dabbler, Mm -hmm. you know that... Nancy Kerrigan, sadly for her like well-accomplished figure skating career, <laughs> is best remembered for taking a pipe to the leg <laughs> during uh, the U.S. Figure Skating Championships uh, in 1994. Right. Best known not for her accomplishments, but for her being a victim of a madman with a pipe. Yes. Um, which, she, did, she did not break her leg in the no, process. She, she bruised even, her leg. Yeah, she didn't even break a knee. Um, I mean, it was it was it was, it was not bad. good, but it was not broken. No. But it's sort of a, a something that you don't tweet at Nancy Kerrigan no. necessarily. That's like the one. That's the one thing you should know not to mention. Anything right. involving leg injuries, injuries in general, uh, injuries specifically that occur directly before you're supposed to be performing in something. Yes, and on a very specific limb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, since then, Chrissy Yamaguchi was like, because a bunch of people jumped on this right away, and she was like oh, no, I did not mean it that way. And Nancy Kerrigan was kind of like, ha-ha, girl, like, it's fine. Yeah. But it does sort of feel like at least an in-joke. Like, there's no way you could just, I don't know. Yeah, it feels like something that was done tongue-in-cheek. It was, it, was, it was feels very tongue-in-cheek. Right, and I don't think she was trying to be mean to Nancy Kerrigan. No. I think, if anything, it was just sort of like a wink towards, at, at like, maybe it's something they laughed about together. Right, if Tanya Harding had tweeted that, there wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been a question. Oh, God. But it's Christy, so it's just like, oh, a playful reference or... An honest mistake. An honest mistake. But we both are fairly fascinated with this story. Mm-hmm. Um, not of the tweet, but of just Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. Yes. Two figure skating rivals with very different backstories. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, why not take this tweet, ride it back in time. 13 years, 23 yeah. years. Oh 23, 23 years. 23, jeez. And revisit the incident. That shook the figure skating community and changed it forever. The reverberations of which have, have not yet stopped. No. We are all still shook. We're all still shook. We're all still shook. So we can give a little bit of backstory for those people who um, were born in like year 2000 because <laughs> there are people who are allowed to walk around and function despite being born after the year 2000. I know. So basically, Tanya Harding was... This figure skater who um, was definitely like the wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was very rough and tumble. She was kind of a tomboy. Mm-hmm. She had a really abusive family life. And what she did was she figure skated. That was like how she escaped her really terrible home. Mm-hmm. And that's how um, that's how she became famous. She was an incredible athlete. She was just all muscle. She could do these physical feats 
that no one else could do. She was the first American to ever do a triple axel in right. competition. Oh, isn't that great? The first time an American, only Majori Ito, has completed a triple axel in competition. Oh, how nice. How terrific. It and looks she, fake when you watch her do it. It's wild. Like, she is really incredible. Mm-hmm. But because she was so rough around the edges, she would have to make her own costumes. She, you know, didn't have perfectly polished hair. She was very much rejected by the skating community. Right. And judges would judge her for it. Other skaters would underestimate her. She didn't have a lot of artistry, which sort of kind of played into this idea that she was this rough and tumble you know, someone who wasn't necessarily built for the sport, mm-hmm. but her whole thing was always proving people wrong. Yeah. Like she... She was still great. Yeah. And she, she qualified for the Olympics. <laughs> yes. Several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she won a lot of competitions and was just amazing. This was happening all in Portland, Oregon. Other side of the country, in Massachusetts, we have another blue collar gal, Nancy Kerrigan, mm-hmm. who was sort of famous for everything that... Tanya was not, where she, as a skater, was really elegant and looked like what we think of when we think of figure skaters, mm-hmm. like very ice princessy. Yeah. Um, Always a smile on her face. Yes. Good on camera. And she was very much known for her artistry. Right. Like she was really good at, uh, at the performance aspect of this. So obviously, because you have these two women who are very great at the same sport, there's sort of a rivalry between them because that narrative still comes out where it's like, well, who's the best? They're both great. Mm -hmm. Like only one can be the best and America needs a winner. Like America needs the the gold medalist. And also there are two women who it's really easy to side with one or the other. Yeah. Where it's like, you know. The underdog. Yeah. Do you want the underdog to Mm -hmm. win or are you like going to root for this person who is working really incredibly hard but definitely has certain advantages? Mm -hmm. So you have that whole thing going on. They're probably both going to make it to the Olympics. That's all fine. But then, just before the national championships in Detroit in 1994... Yes. Qualified for the the, uh, Olympics in Norway in Lillehammer. Nancy Kerrigan was walking down a hallway in her little outfit. Straight off the ice. Straight off the ice, in her outfit. And someone came from the shadows, clubbed her leg with a pipe... And ran off. It was actually a retractable police baton. A retractable police baton. Clubs her with that, runs off. She sees him and she's like, he just ran away. He ran yeah, away. She but screams. But they were like, he's wearing a white leather jacket. That's <laughs> yeah, like all anybody yeah. knew. And so she she has this description of him. She's immediately, you know, screaming for help. People come. Well, um, and the press was there, which the was, press what was is there. crazy. So we have video of this. Like the in the immediate moments following her, the assault on her, she's on camera wailing it's awful. Her screams. We all, if you've heard the screams, you'll never forget the screams. Right. It's, very, it's like, awful, but also like very iconic. Yeah, very iconic. Why? 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 <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard, hard black dick. So she's screaming, why? The injury looks terrible. So it's immediately like, is her career over? What happened? Is it at least over for this particular round of the Olympics? Is it done? She ends up being fine, but... The question remains, who did it? Well, and also, so like coinciding with this, so this again is at the U.S. uh, figure skating championships, which is like kind of, it's what, it's kind of how they decide who's going to the Olympics. Tanya Harding with Nancy Kerrigan out of the running ends up winning. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily because she was out of the running, but 
she just puts on this spectacular performance. She comes in first. She qualifies for the team. The question then is, will Nancy get to qualify without having competed? Mm -hmm. And eventually, because she's sort of this darling of the U.S. Figure Skating Association, they're like, yes, she can go. She can go to Lillehammer. She can compete in the 1994 Olympics. Look at her past performances. She's got this. Right. It's fine. Yes. So they both end up going to the Olympics. But in the meantime, the hunt is on for the assailant. Yes. Um, it doesn't take too long <laughs> no. to figure out who did this. This was a, a sloppy job. Very sloppy. Like, this guy was just in normal clothes that he would have worn anyway. Wasn't trying to really hide who he was. Everyone involved couldn't stop bragging about it. <laughs> yeah, they loved it. So it was this guy named Shane Stant. Come to find out, Shane Stant was a hitman slash friend yeah. of Tanya Harding's then-husband named Jeff Galuli, which is quite a name, quite a man. Yeah, like, so, like if you want to, like, he's the sleaziest person. Just the sleaziest guy. Um, also was, like, very abusive to Tanya Harding. Yeah. She got with him when she was a teenager, like... A lot of this you can revisit in the uh, excellent ESPN documentary, The Price of Gold, which is one of their 30 for 30 documentaries that came out a couple of years ago. But you can see all these people and listen to their interviews and the way that they reacted to this whole thing. So Tanya Harding sort of, kind of effectively distanced herself from this and had there was enough plausible deniability where she could be like I had nothing to do with this yeah they did this on there like it was my husband who hired but I didn't support it whatever 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 she goes on to compete well also they wanted to kick her out the mm-hmm. the U.S. Uh, figure skating association like wanted to kick her out because of the scandal and she because she is like a tough cookie she was like yeah, kick me out. I'm going to sue you for forty million dollars because you can't. <laughs> I forgot yeah, that part. Yeah, because you can't oh prove God. that I. You can't prove that I did anything. Mm-hmm. Like I will sue you for forty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Then she also divorces her husband during this process. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and she her, wears her wonderful no comment sweater. She was really good. Weirdly, as someone who like didn't grow up famous, she like knew how to just not respond to questions. Mm-hmm. She, like, famously walked out of a Connie Chung interview because Connie kept wanting to talk about the pipe incident. <laughs> and she just took off her mic and walked out. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, and she's really, like, known for kind of answering with these, like, single-word answers. <laughs> and she always kind of had a little smirk on her face, too. Mm-hmm. That was very—it it, it was open to interpretation yes. what the smirk meant. But she persevered. Yeah, the, the Figure Skating <laughs> Association was like, fine, go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. They competed, but there can only be one winner. In neither, terms of America. Also, yeah, neither yeah. of them won. Neither of them won. But, like, wasn't that Oksana Bayul won? Well, it was year? kind of, it was, like, a funny situation because Norway was really annoyed about the scandal because they felt like it was overshadowing the Olympics. Like and Lily it Hammer. was. <laughs> and it was. And they're just like, ha, hey, us. And so. Very kind. Very yeah, kind anger. Like, the oh. figure skaters only get certain um, amount of time on the ice. And it's. Right, it's, it's designated by team. So Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan had to go practice on the ice together. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of like, oh, shit. Like, you know, like the whole stadium was packed with press because everyone wanted to see this go down. They had tried to separate them, but then the Olympic organizers were just like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, you guys have ruined this Olympics yeah. for us. It's um, like, what was anyone really expecting? Just them to start brawling on the ice? Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, if only. But... <laughs> So they end up having to practice together, and it's this kind of amazing moment because Nancy Kerrigan wears the dress that she got clubbed in, and Tanya Harding is shook. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a bold fucking move. 
Nancy's like known for being kind of like the more like upstand, like, you know, the more like fancy of the two. Mm -hmm. That's like some that's I don't know. I am like flabbergasted by that because I think that that is so it's scary. Out of, it's out of character. So cool. <laughs> it's really it's probably it will go down probably as the coolest thing she's ever done. Yes. She probably still talks about it. Yeah. But like you said, both of them lost. Yeah. I mean, basically, Tanya Harding really fucked up. Mm-hmm. She um, performed terribly. They announced her name. She didn't show up. They thought she was gone. Finally, they get her on the ice. She has a broken lace. So she does one move, doesn't land it very well, skates over to the judges and is like, I need to do it again. Mm-hmm. And they let her, which is nice. Nice. Nancy Kerrigan skates beautifully. It's typically agreed that she should have won. Yeah. But again, these judges were like so annoyed by this scandal. <laughs> and it sounds like ice skating judges are fucking petty as hell. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, if you don't pick the right outfit and the right music, like they're just like, Mm-mm, like seven. Yeah. <laughs> 7.5. Um, and so Tanya Harding ends up coming in eighth. Ugh. And Nancy Kerrigan ends up getting silver with little Russian named Oksana Bayul just skating in for the gold. Mm-hmm. No one saw her coming. No one saw her coming. No one and saw her coming. And apparently she like wasn't that good. I mean, it it makes sense. I mean, better than I would be. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense that they would be frustrated by it. And like when 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 that's your job, like if that's the one chance you have to make a statement, yeah, that's what you're gonna do. Also, like still, regardless, they are the Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan are the two most memorable things out of this Olympics. Oh, yeah. Also, their performances at this at the Lilyhammer Olympics were at the time the third most viewed sporting event in history. Ever. Which it's like it's ice skating. And mm-hmm. that that I kind of love. I kind of love that people were like tuning in to like watch these two women. I mean, and it is like sort of sexist in one way, and yeah. that it's like clearly to like watch them go at it. Yeah. But I do feel like it made people pay attention to ice skating, figure skating more than they were before. Oh yeah. It also is like right after this, like Tanya Harding like left the Olympics crushed. Um, very soon after, she uh, enters a plea deal saying that she knew about the the whacking. Mm-hmm. Um, after the fact is what she says. Yeah. She knew about it after the fact, and she's getting charged basically to um, – she's being charged for not reporting to the police. Yeah. Her husband says she knew the whole time. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Galuli is like, uh, she knew the whole time. And but he's also, like, again, he's a slime. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Galuli's not someone you can believe ever. Yeah. So. Well, and then there's also his cohort. Uh, Shane. Yeah. Well, there there's Shane who did the the piping. The wagon. Um, and then there's the other guy who helped organize it, which was Tanya's bodyguard. Sean Eckhart is his okay. name. And I mean, and Tanya Harding to this day is like, he wasn't my bodyguard. He was Jeff's friend. Jeff was intimidating me this whole time. There's, like, crazy interview footage of, like, her being interviewed and clearly, like, looking off at her husband the whole time, like, because she's getting cues from him. And he clearly is, like, very controlling and very Mm -hmm. scary. Since then, since she accepted this plea deal, she has been stripped of all of her titles. Yeah. She has basically been told she can never skate again. And she's (laughs) kind of – her life has really changed. While Nancy Kerrigan, also still known for this event – is now on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. They both keep a low profile, but like Nancy chose hers. Mm-hmm. Tanya Harding was sort of punished yes. with it. I mean, she tries to get us to pay attention. It just, you know, she's tried to be a musician. She's mm, tried to be a boxer. A boxer. Um, she's been on some TV stuff. It's always just, it's always a little too sad. Yes. Yeah. 
But it's kind of interesting that like this event on either side, ultimately, like no matter who came out on top, this is always going to be what the two of them are most well known for. Mm-hmm. That's one of them suddenly becomes president. Even you know? then, it'll still be like, oh my God, the woman got, the one hit who got hit by, hit by the pipe <laughs> is now president. Madam Victim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So for the interview today, we uh, have the privilege of having uh, Viviana Olin and Matt Harkins, founders of the THNK, that's Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, 1994 Museum. Um, and they're going to, as experts in Tanya and Nancy's 1994 scandal, we're going to talk about that whole thing and what they're working on currently. Thanks for being here. Thanks for Thank having you. Me. These guys also just like kind of became, you guys went viral a couple years ago. When you uh, opened a Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan exhibit. Mm -hmm. In the hallway of our apartment. Um, (laughs) It was inspired because we watched the documentary, which you recently watched, The Price of Gold. The 30 for 30, Um, We had a lot of time on our hands at the time. So we, um, and and we just moved to this apartment, which we're moving out of now, but it had a 25-foot-long hallway. Will you get the deposit back? Uh, (laughs) You don't think so. (laughs) But we put primer down. We put primer down. Yeah, we're painting, and we have to paint it all all the walls white again. Because he he said that all museums had black walls because he was working at the 9-11 Museum at the time. And their exhibits, they all had black walls, and I felt it would pop. It felt more historic. If it, yeah, it's, it's more like, somber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a time of reflection. I wanted it to feel like when you went to the hallway, you were being born. <laughs> yeah. Also, did did the did the attack? Didn't it take place in a hallway, or was it just like? I mean, it was a corridor. A corridor. Yeah, was, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So thematically, it was like sort of on point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sort of. Yeah. yeah sort of. <laughs> it's kind of we aim aim for sort of. <laughs> when you yeah. walked down the hallway, do you hear in your mind like someone screaming "Why?" every time now? Like, you hear the neighbors because they like. We're going through a really long breakup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right on the other side. So they were just like, so, why? So, yeah, that that passion is yeah. there. Oh, good. Yeah, I bet the go. energy is there, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So you you were inspired by the 30 for, thir- 30 for 30 specifically? Yes. Like, did you know much about the story before that documentary? Well, we were so young when it happened. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now you guys are literal babies. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're literal babies. Two boss babies across <laughs> yeah, the, hall, such, the table like, from us. Such little babies. <laughs> <laughs> we knew mostly, I mean, that's I think why we got so passionate about it is because we knew a little bit of the aftermath, sort of like my understanding of Tanya was celebrity boxing, judge on World's Dumbest, uh, and mm-hmm. I was not aware that she was a world star athlete. Really? Like I, yeah, I was aware only of like that she was had you know been involved with this attack, was a figure skater, mm. but I didn't Pet know anything house, about Triple Axel that she was the first American to land it, and just I think also having maybe being a little bit. I mean, I knew more of Nancy Kerrigan, but we also sure. found out that that's also because they had trading cards made with Nancy Kerrigan on them, which they did not do for Tanya. We brought you some. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Tanya is, especially since you just watched it, you know it's. It's such an American story. You know, you came from, she came from nothing. Right. She reached the pinnacle of success, even though she was working with so many limitations Mm -hmm. and she was making bad choices, 
sometimes because when you're like come from that background, you're not taught to make good choices. Maybe don't marry Jeff, who you met at the liquor warehouse. Curtis, <laughs> like, like anyone whose name is like Kanuli. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like 20 or something, and she was like 15 when they met. Yeah, and, like but she just wanted to get away from her mom, who was abusive, and so it's like. And her mom was super. I mean, her mom has. I mean, it's very complicated. She was but super, but her mom was. Yeah, her mom was <laughs> super abusive, but also her mom had a lot of good points about like figure skating in general, or points that were tied in with, like, Tanya's story where she, her mom would always say, like, I don't know why they have to wear different outfits. They should all just wear black, like, one, like, all black yeah. mm-hmm. jegging thing or something. Yeah. And then they could be judged just on their actual skill. And then— That is a good point. It is a good point. Excellent but point. She, she would was, also say things like, you're never going to make anything of yourself, <laughs> yeah. Tanya. Which is crazy that uh, Tanya— Not as good of a point. Also, <laughs> last good. Kind of played out— Accurately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that with glee. I'm just saying it is the case. But, like, she reaches, she she sets a world record. She's the first American, not just the first woman, to land the triple axel. And, like, like, that's so amazing. And you see footage of it, and it is just incredible. Like, she was, like, just a little 5'1 bundle of muscle. She's so happy. And, like, that end every tour, we have an Android set up where we play that. We've reached the end of the hallway, and that brings us to the audio-visual section. Here we have Tanya and Nancy doing their one of their best performances each. Nancy's at the Lilyhammer Olympics in 1994. Here she is doing one of her death drops, and it really is just showing what she did as an athlete. Here we have Tanya in her amazing performance where she was the first American to land the triple axel. We do have Tanya on an Android. And Nancy on an iPad. And we feel like that's appropriate, you know, because, you know, yeah, sure, the iPad is very user-friendly and instinctual, but the Android, you can, you can do a lot with an Android that you're not allowed to do on an iPad. It's like taped to the wall and, um, and she's just—we can never stop watching because she's so happy. She's, like—she's doing it to the music she wants to, and it's just so full of joy. And then to see her get there and then lose everything, I mean, we feel like that is the most American story. It's right? such a tragedy. It's, it's, I mean, can you imagine just getting there to begin with? I think that just that she escaped her house was, in, like, such a feat on its own because if it was—I just—if it was me, I would not—I'd be in the basement. I'd be like— I'm not, no, I'm not going to practice. I'm not doing anything. Like, right. I'm not what's the, the point? Yeah. yeah, what's the point? But she got through all of that, accomplished this huge feat, this moment that lives forever. It's like you're watching somebody be the best they can be at what they do. And it's, I mean, you, like. And then to have, like, her story and everything that she is just be, like, run through. Because this was, like, this was the story. Like, mm-hmm. we met the director of the documentary. And she was, like, when she was planning it out, like, they had a different box, like, for every day because every day the story changed. She was just fall around everywhere. And first she really liked it and because she, she just liked the attention. And then right. and then it just like, I mean, it destroyed her career. It destroyed everything, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like Monica Lewinsky had to go away for 20 years, you know, and then like yeah. come back with her TED Talk, yeah. you know. it's it, So the fact that she's still like just living her life is like amazing. Boxing away. This was in 20, 2015, right, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. pop-up museum. Describe the audiences. Like how what were – did – did the ages sort of span young and old? Um, what were the people like when who who showed up? I think it, it was just all, lots of people who remembered it, lots of people who had just seen the documentary, a lot of figure skating fans. Apparently there's a figure skating community, which we didn't recognize right away. <laughs> but, then, um, but they came, you know. Yeah, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but when it came down to it, it was definitely because we were letting strangers into our house. It was definitely people who we could have a conversation with. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I have a friend who's like gone multiple times and like every time she Instagrams it and every time she's like, I'm home. <laughs> she really, really loves it. So. <laughs> sorry. What's your favorite piece in the exhibit? Uh, well, we have a cross stitch, uh, two cross stitches, one of Tanya and one of Nancy. Uh, and they're really like the Mona Lisa of the museum. <laughs> you can see like her red cheeks, Tanya's red cheeks, Nancy's white teeth. <laughs> Uh, um, she does have some crunchy. real, yeah. real chompers. Yeah. Yeah. It's very fun because they you can switch them so that they're facing each other and not facing each yeah. other. Yeah, it's like what you feel or if you come home drunk and you knock it off the wall and you put it back up, different. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a moving, changing organism. Just you know? ma- imagining either of you just like stumbling drunk down your black hallway <laughs> just covered in Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding memorabilia. I think we thought when we first put it up where it's like, this is going to get so many guys. <laughs> <laughs> I once and? I, somebody yeah, came and. over once from Grinder and it, I didn't put the lights on, uh, and so I used my phone flashlight. But it was very hard logistically. There's not enough space for two people to kind of like stand there next to each other. So I and it starts right when you open the door. So I opened the door with my phone flashlight in this pitch black hallway and just started shining a light on the wall, <laughs> saying like, "Oh, there's Nancy over here." He had no clue what this that man was. was. Like, I am about to get murdered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone he's gonna be and he did, but well, he actually he looked exactly like the character actor Vincent Chevelli. (laughs) Don't um, brag about that. I thought you time. were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say it was. He looked just like Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> that's the real reason. Uh, it's kind of for straight guys. It's kind of like a red flag. I think hmm. of my end somehow. No, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I've learned that. <laughs> I mean, I would say it's just like a good. Um, it's like it's a good test where it's like you bring them in there, and if they're just like cool, yeah, then you're like. Cool. Yeah. You can, <laughs> you can, yeah, come through here. You're yeah, come walk through, here. through the fire, yeah. Yeah. And if you're hot enough, just fine. Just get dirty. Yeah, you know? and you're like, <laughs> 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 oh, man. I want to know, and, like, you have, like, you're, like, the video that you guys made of, like, uh, introducing people to the museum, which is very funny, and mm-hmm. everybody should watch it, um, and we will link it. We'll link um, it. We love to link. <laughs> oh, my God. We live to link. <laughs> um it's like in the video, like you're very Matt. You're very clearly Team Nancy, and you're very clearly Team Tanya. Mm-hmm. Does that ring true in real life, or was that just an artistic choice? I think where we started, that's maybe where we were, and we've grown. I think we've shifted. I think I think we came upon the theory that a Nancy doesn't exist, um, and it's just it's created. Mm-hmm. Sure, Tanya is she's represented in the museum by the fire emoji. And Nancy's represented by the diamond emoji. And diamonds are made. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> and also just hearing from people who visited. Who have, um, diamonds are, are mine. <laughs> diamonds are mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you. you they don't, they don't, they're not just a diamond immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot, a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah a lot of pressure and time. Like, by the earth, yeah. they're made by the earth. Yeah, and then like yeah. a lot of like blood and suffering goes into <laughs> yeah. them. I'm not pro diamond. Oh my god, she said just... she does. She's really endorsing the blood diamond industry. <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> Typical Nancy Kerrigan supporter over here. Yeah. <laughs> so well, how did it shift? Well, people come and tell you stories, and then you kind of just get more. You learn more about them, and then also see. I think a big thing re- most most recently was Nancy going on Dancing with the Stars. For me, was sort of turned a lot of things upside down for me because I do feel I'll that take a she. Uh, yeah, I think she also, she very often 
<laughs> wants to say, like, I didn't choose to be a part of this story. This is not, you know, I didn't make this choice. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there, I, Tanya's coming out very soon. And now all of a sudden she's on Dancing with the Stars. Which I find just a little bit disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just like, well, you know, whatever. But it's just a little, it's like, make a choice here uh, and pick a lane. I, I went into the doc being kind of more Team Tanya, and I, I got turned. Hmm. You're turned? Oh, yeah. that never happens. I know. Wow. I, know. I was I was shocked that I yeah. was like, I think that she's kind of a sociopath. I feel like I'm mostly Team Tanya, mm-hmm. but I, saying I'm Team Tanya doesn't mean I'm, I don't like Nancy. Yeah, I just I think yeah. Nancy's a very boring character. Oh, like, yeah. Just, I'm not Team Nancy either. Yeah. Well, Nancy's very Celine Dion mm-hmm. in the sense of uh, she married her agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that kind of relationship, I think it's, it's, there's similarities there that are just in terms of, you know, the reason she never did any interviews after the attack, except for the one, is because somebody was telling her, only do one. Yeah. Uh, don't do any others. And then mm-hmm. don't talk about it. And, you know, not having that kind of guidance which Tanya did not have. It was just right. a totally different experience. Yeah, no. I again, I don't I don't have any hate in my heart towards Tanya. Mm-hmm. I still find her story to be way more interesting and sympathetic and like you're saying it's like kind of the ultimate American. It's our Gatsby. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. That's beautiful. Thank <laughs> you so much. Um it's interesting too that uh Nancy Kerrigan's husband t- takes part in the doc but she doesn't, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I hadn't thought about the the sequence of Dancing with the Stars and then I, Tanya, until you brought it up. But, like, it is, that does sound like another, like, very well-advised decision on her management's or her husband's part where it's like, let's get ahead of the story, Mm -hmm. become America's sweetheart again, because we got Margot Robbie playing I, Tanya, playing Tanya, which is, like, such a— The name I, Tanya is very funny. Putting putting Margot (laughs) in that role, someone who is uh, not America's sweetheart, but someone who— Everyone hated Suicide Squad. People like Margot Robbie in Suicide Squad. People like Margot Robbie. She's beautiful. She's young. She's hot new thing. And she's going to be like, she could be the best thing to ever happen to Tanya Harding. And so it seems like Nancy had the opportunity. Maybe she'd said no in the past because I know they hound the same people over and over again. And she's like, you know, the timing means but that's what, this could be when helpful. someone asked her, why are you finally doing Dancing with the Stars? And she said, because they asked. Mm. But you that's know, such a Nancy answer. I know yeah. it's very. I don't know. Boring. I don't know. They, but they could have asked before too. I, I'm it's just, not a lie. I'm just telling you what she said. If <laughs> I if I were a Dancing with the Stars producer, I would have asked Nancy Nancy Kerrigan year one, season one. You're the star, and I think they did. And I think she, I'm not. I just I don't, I don't trust her as far as I could throw her. You know, I think, <laughs> no. Like, I also think that you're very right. Yeah. I do not mean to. I just I entirely endorse you, Matt. <laughs> um, I was just saying I was very surprised by like how I found Tanya's attitude and energy very off-putting, which is probably makes me like one of the judges. You know, where I'm just like, mm, nobody. I don't is. like. I don't like your vibe. Zero points or whatever. <laughs> well, because it's so complicated because it's, you know, there is, it's hard to, to really, to, when you watch it, you can tell that there's a lot of stuff happening, you know? But I think that that kind of motivates her, that bitterness of, you know, that that wasn't fair, that mm-hmm. I think that it motivates her. And I mean, maybe like, who's to say that's bad? I don't know. I mean, it is bad. <laughs> uh, but like, it's, it's understandable. Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she is like a sympathetic character for sure. But I also think. She had a hand in planning that. We feel like she knew. Yeah. You know, but here's the here's the baseline reality. She was in a super abusive relationship. So even yes. if you are like saying yes, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you're not like you're you're busy training for the Olympics. 
Yes. You're not like, oh, sitting there, you know, eating your pizza, being like, how do I capitalize on this? We try to make Jeff the villain at at every moment. (laughs) Jeff Jeff and Sean are the real dickholes. Jeff and Sean, Yeah. yeah. And again, uh, and they, they're doing Jeff a lot of favors. They're making Sebastian Stan Jeff in the movie. That's yeah. like, they're getting like very hot people to play these like sort of disgusting people. Not to be. Wow. But like <laughs> Jeff, the photos of Jeff are like, he he doesn't deserve Sebastian Stan. Yeah. They're you know just going to paint like a little mustache on him. And <laughs> <laughs> there. Allison Janney's the mom though, which I'm excited about. She that can sink her so, tank of teeth into that yeah, role. Yeah, oh, because the, we have the one photo. A lot of the museum is screenshots from the documentary. And um, for her, we have, you know, with the parrot. And it's just, mm-hmm. oh, it's just <laughs> Tanya's mom with the parrot on her shoulder. It's just so, it's so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, God. A lot of weirdos like parrots. Heidi Fleiss has like a gaggle of parrots. Yeah, she does. She's she so many birds. The, yeah, she like keeps them in the desert. <laughs> I don't know. Just a lot of weirdos like parrots is a, well, it a is very a, interesting observation. I never thought about that. But yeah. It's like you want it, One, you have to be like a bird person, which is already kind of weird. No offense if either of you are bird no, people. No, because you can't hug them. Yeah, and then know? you like have to be a bird person who like wants a bird that can talk to you, which is just so upsetting. Now that you say it, that's disgusting. <laughs> and like, you have to be okay with like getting birds to shit on you as well, where it's like, it's just, it's just, you're the type of person now who's like, it's just bird shit. I actually do want to know what you guys think of the casting choices in the movie so far. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel about Margot Robbie playing Tanya? How do you feel about Jeff Gluli? Sebastian, Sebastian Stan? Yeah. Playing Jeff Gluli. Yeah. So far, I, in my personal opinion, and Matt's made it for, is other than Alice and Jan- Jenny, I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then Alice and Jenny, I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that That's way about like, most Alice and Jenny projects. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have more details? <laughs> um, I, for some reason, kept thinking Billy Lord would be a great Tanya Harding. Huh. Oh, yeah. But then I, I also Amy Adams. I love that clip where Tanya is performing and then the judges don't like her performance. And she's like, suck my dick. And she screams at them. And I was like, I'm sold. Margot's great as Tanya. This is perfect. And it was just like, did you see it? Man? No. God, it's no. so good. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Margot Robbie really like takes a bite out of this role. And it was like a TMZ video. And it just, it's all, it's like 20 seconds and all you see is her like gesticulating angrily at judges and then screaming, suck my dick and then skating away. All right. I'm, I was I'm like, too, that's a Golden Globe nominee, I think. <laughs> uh, all the footage that's leaked of like, and the photos, they've all been very promising. Yeah. Yeah. There, with that one was another one where it was her trying to like sort of, I mean, I'm sure they're using a double, but she was making a landing or so, what would be edited in. And she kept messing it up, and you could tell she was getting mad at herself. And it was like, okay, good. Well, she's taking it very seriously. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, gonna, good. She wants to do a good job. And as that's angry all you can as, as Tanya would, yeah. would be. Yeah. I also love the part where, like, Tanya Harding is saying, like, at that, when they were practicing on the rink at Lilyhammer, how she was like, I went up to her, and I said, I'm so sorry about what happened to her, happened to you. And she just skated away. Like, how rude is that? I'm like, <laughs> your husband, like, clubbed her in the fucking leg. Like, your, your family tried to ruin her Olympic career. Like, I think that's, like, the polite response is to just be like, no, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> I don't know. Where does, where does she live now? There are always, like, um, very sad paparazzi photos of her on her property. It's Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest. Um, okay. I, I think, uh, like, 
Portland, but like maybe just like a little outside. Yeah. My sister lives there, and when I started the museum, she would go up to just everybody she met and then like you know, ta- do you know Tanya? And a lot of people were like, I saw her at a hardware store. Yeah, you know, she's kind of like she's mythical there. You know, I think I read that she's now in Vancouver, Washington, which is like right outside of Portland. That's probably true. Okay. <laughs> but I think that was from like 2004, so she's probably moved since. <laughs> there was a in last week's issue of one of the the Celebrity Weeklies. They had um, some old photos, a couple years old, of her sitting on her porch, and one of them was just a really close, blurry close-up of the no trespassing sign on, like, her fence. And it's like, she even has a no trespassing sign on her property. And it's like, of course she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is—and it was, like, sad just showed her, like, sipping a Coke, bundled up, angry. Honestly, yeah. my favorite stories, and you guys I'm, like, very envious of, is the ones that, like— when people find out that you're interested in a topic and they just, like, come up and tell you stuff. Yeah. And it's, like, unverifiable. And it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, oh, I can never, like, report this. Yeah. But it's just, like, I will keep this until my mm. dying yes. day. Oh, we've heard so much of yeah. that. Somebody told us the only reason she could land a triple axle is because her dad took her fishing when she was younger. <laughs> told that to so many people. But it was a filled <laughs> yeah. upper body strength that other figure skaters would not have had. Oh, okay. Like necessary and make, make – yeah. bass or that, whatever. That's the thing. We end, up, we end up hearing one and then we end up, like, just – Telling people, <laughs> it yeah. like, and they we have like said we are the authorities, so yeah. it becomes truth. Yeah, sure. I mean, and that's how legends are made. Yeah. I mm. believe everything you just said. So I mean, yeah. we do too. And I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> What's well, very that's also like um uh like the Olson Mary Kate Olson's wedding. There are no photos of it, so it exists only through the art of storytelling. People can only tell oh, the cigarettes. Other. Yeah, mm-hmm. with yeah. the bowls and bowls of cigarettes. That's beautiful. Cigarettes. Yeah. So. Again, fact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fact. God. Well, and then you guys also did this exhibit that was amazing. That was. Um, just it was paintings and pictures of the Olsons hiding from the paparazzi, mm-hmm. which is just like I don't know. I don't know why you don't have my. You should have my job. I should. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good, amazing idea. Uh, I don't know. What's your next exhibit? You have one coming up, right? We do. We're very excited. It's called uh, Yama Kipiebo, a celebration of <laughs> Kim Cattrall, or more specifically, the YouTube link of her doing the scat poetry with her ex-husband, Mark. Yamakipiebo, sedere fakebo, in dog Latin, he quotes, So I hope you link, please link. Oh my God, Madeline, you know I will. Madeline and I, uh, in addition to um, a few other staffers at Jezebel, are just in love with that video. So we know it well, we watch it a lot. Although I'm not sure I know what its uh, origin is. Where where did that video come from? What yeah, was that we're, from? Yeah, we're going to— The documentary at, that HBO did after Sex and the City ended, and she has a book as well. I don't know if the book was paired with the documentary, mm. but it was about we still, sensuality. We still have a lot of the research phase to do. Yeah, but. it was like about this female sensuality, but across the globe, and there were like a lot of—a lot of it was filmed. I remember watching in Ireland a little bit. Okay. Um, I don't know if maybe she was just living there at that point. Uh, <laughs> but it it's just a—it's like a— kind of a tie-off from Sex in the City and I guess her character that, like, delved more into that. And so that was her part sort of talking about her relationship with, at that time, Mark Levinson. God. I feel like I remember that show, like, it was like, Kim Cattrall talks about sex. Like, yeah. I, yeah, really I remember that, but I never watched house. it. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I love that video. I think of, like, all of, like, Celebrity Ephemera, that's going to be in my top five things. Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just it's, like it's so, it's so, it doesn't get old. You come back and watch it, it's still... If you if you just come in with an open heart, it'll change you, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and one thing that we were talking about before before the mics got hot <laughs> uh, was in this video, she, like, displays 
a competence that like her talent isn't worthy of necessarily. But it's like so comforting to watch someone just be like, I'm good at this. Yeah. I'm good yeah. at scatting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just did a, another video, I think, with Vogue. It was that same sort of otherworldly confidence. Um, but still, you can't and all, like toes the line between is she being serious? Is this is this humor? I can't tell. Which is a really like thrilling gray area to be in, and she's yeah. good at that. So I don't know what I don't know what she's thinking, but I I'm into I, watching. No it. one ever will. <laughs> yeah. Our thesis is that she is an A list celebrity that has been denied that status because she's fully aware that she is an A-list celebrity. Yes. And I think that kind of that sums it up, you know. She knows she's iconic and um she's not afraid to like be like you know too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And let people in and, and see what is in that video. And I think that's what we love is like when famous people celebrities do things that like are not like oh I'm just like you. It's mm-hmm. like I would I you know, I want to know more about that video. Like, right. that's more fun. It's like, um, and like, like we know you're not like us. Like, yeah, you're like, all. How dare uh, you? How dare you say you're like? <laughs> like, I would rather see you scatting with your husband. Yeah, talking about he dogs and she dogs. Yeah, she dogs. Well, and what was the quote that you uh, said earlier about the the? Oh yeah, she was. She, <laughs> she's doing an interview uh, in Canada about her show that's on now, and she said that she's always felt that she's a character actor trapped in a leading lady's body. Oh my god, <laughs> isn't that, It's incredible. I mean, that's it. And then I that's think she said it, that she's always now she's tried to live her life that way. <laughs> That's so like, brave. Oh, oh fantastic. It's like her business cards would say, Kim Cattrall, iconic actor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be and actor. professional scatter. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> Jazz musician. <laughs> vessel. She's a vessel. Yeah. Uh, well, and sorry to like be like, now tell the story that you told me again because I thought it was funny. But you guys were saying, like, you guys order merch basically for your museum and how you ordered these plates that you thought everyone would want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we were, like, we we're like coming up with we, we, the all the products and stuff. And, and then I saw on discount mugs that you could get <laughs> commemorative plates made. And then instinctually we're, like, that scene with uh, Sonia Braga. Sonia Braga and Kim Cattrall where they break up Maria and Samantha. And she's breaking the plates. And yeah. so— we spoke with an amazing artist, um, Pia Sani, P.S. That's me, and she she made it up, and then we put it on the commemorative plates, and then we marked it up a lot. And we've <laughs> sold one, oh, and no. so we have seventy four plates we in our home. All of so more than so anything many. else, we yeah. ordered those plates, and we were just like, I mean, they're gonna fly. You know, they're gonna fly. I, we were so prepared for them to <laughs> fly like, off the I shelf. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're conversations. I'm like, I don't know how fast we can get more. <laughs> <laughs> I'd offer to take some off of, <laughs> off of your hands and, and buy one, but they they sound they don't sound that great. So <laughs> maybe maybe I'll just pass. No one's buying them. So. No. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> who bought who bought the one plate? A man. Your mom. <laughs> just a man. A man we don't know. Man he was just like ah oh, breaking plates on a plate. I like it. <laughs> but we learned a lot that maybe if we're gonna do it, like merch, that should be. I think maybe people wanted more. It has Kim Cattrall's shoulder. Yeah, and we so thought, maybe more Kim Cattrall. Yeah, it's really we'll, like it, you show me a picture and it's just like all Maria. It's, it's all Maria, yeah. but she's like the storm that scene. She's got a great Twitter too, Sonia Braga, because it's all links to Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but then once in a while, uh, an article, and it's always a great article. And then Kim's is just uh, retweeting compliments. Yeah, which we love. Yeah. That's what I do. 
And Matt's like, don't don't retweet if like somebody says something nice to you. I'm like, why would I not retweet? <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody should know that someone thinks something like, nice about me. It would be me. rude for me not to. They <laughs> tweeted it at me. I really <laughs> didn't. Someone drive a car into our house recently, Kim Cattrall's house, and and she wasn't there. Whatever, it doesn't matter. We can not talk about Kim Cattrall anymore. <laughs> I mean, or we can keep talking about her until we all die. You know, <laughs> it seems like it seems like there's a lot. to She say. would have been a good Tanya in in. In another life, I think. Oh, yeah. If the ages had lined up, she mm-hmm. could have been a good time. She would have taken that role and she would have just dove right in and she would have just committed. Because she commits. She mm-hmm. does commit. Mm-hmm. Again, one thing we were talking about is how when she takes off her clothes on Sex in the City, <laughs> she always has a really triumphant pose immediately yeah. where it's yeah. like hands on the waist, it, shoulders back, and then kind of like a sly, like, you're welcome, world. Yeah. <laughs> Look on her face. It's Venus each time. And it's know? just like, yeah, you're always committing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a dame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a real dame of the stage and stream. <laughs> um, if you guys have, there's a website, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what if someone like wanted to buy that plate? Could they get it they there? They can. It's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have prints of all the paintings uh, for oh, the right. artists that we've worked with. And yeah. then we have uh, other collectibles. We had a kimono made. Uh, we have lunch boxes. And then also you can see our events. We're going to be doing the opening of our new exhibit, Yamaka Biebo, which will be May 5th. And then we're going to have events. We're going to have a Britney Spears panel. Uh, we met a guy who was a set designer in one of her videos. <laughs> he says she's really nice. I would be she'll, be, she'll be she'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> she'll be, he'll be there. And then we're going to do our third annual Real Housewives Symposium, where we'll discuss some guy who knows Sonia is going to be there. I'll uh, discuss topics. I will also be there. <laughs> also, as a going to be there. <laughs> as an audience. I'm not like, as an audience member. We also found this esthetician on Instagram who's going to fix our skin because we're really worried about it. So we're going to have an event where he's going to do peels on us. It's called... Um, you have pretty skin. So if you want to see those events, <laughs> And we'll do that underneath Laura Collins, who we worked with for the Olsen Twins. She's make, she has a painting of uh, Kim Cattrall from the Sex and City episode where she gets the chemical peel too oh, soon yeah. to the book yeah. party. Yeah. The classic, classic one. Yeah. So if you want to buy some like art or something like that, oh yeah, the website is THNK, like Tanya Hardy needs to carry it, THNK1994.com. Well, you guys, you're both absolute delights. Yes. You guys are too. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad. Bobby, I have designed a game for you. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a line from a breathless profile. And you have to tell me, is this about Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, or Marco Robbie? Oh, my God. Who will soon God. be playing Tanya Harding in the movie <sighs> I, Tanya. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I'll do I'll do well at this. Because I, I remember Margot's profile is pretty fresh in my mind. Yes, and it is one of the worst things ever written in the history of time. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Um, all right, ready? Okay. A woman who represents every American ideal, grace, innocence, and dignity. Nancy Kerrigan. Okay, that was a easy <laughs> one. That's in, from the LA Times. And then it's just like, a stone-cold bitch. A stone-cold bitch who, yeah, <laughs> who hired her husband. Okay. Her features suggest contradictory qualities, resilience and fragility, pride and low self-esteem. Tanya. Yes. Great. Good job. It's like, is that Marco? (laughs) (laughs) That was a quote from a 2004 uh, profile of Tanya Harding in The Independent. 
Okay. She can be confrontational, truculent, withdrawn, monosyllabic. At the same time, she laughs easily, sometimes at herself. Tanya. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. There's not like, it's really hard to like skew a Tanya Harding <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> sentence to be about somebody else. Okay. She wandered through the room like a second semester freshman, finally at ease with the system. Oh, uh, uh, Margot. Yes, that yeah. is um, yeah. a quote on Margot Robbie from a Vanity Fair profile yeah. written by Richard Cohen. And it is, again, it's so bad. one of the worst things possibly ever written. It's, it's awful. We'll link it. We'll link it in the post. <laughs> Will we? <laughs> I told them to go to hell. If they want a picture of me, it's with my clothes on. Tanya. Fuck, yes. <laughs> ah. I was I was torn. It was either Nancy or Tanya. I was God like, damn oh, it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I I was close. I was it was 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she dropped a few pounds and more than a few personal appearances and gained a ton of self-assurance. Nancy. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna kneecap wow, you're you. very mad. You're very I mad know. at my uh at my success. I really am. I think I just wanted to <laughs> come up with a better a better game. Um, no, this is good. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, that was the New York Times on Nancy Kerrigan in 1994. Oh, that's, that's from the time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. She was driven, she came to understand, not by the possibility of success, but by the fear of failure. Tanya. That's Nancy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What's that from? That's also from that same New York Times okay. profile. Drama, the fear of failure. Okay. The most recent theory has her as a celebrity uncomfortable with fame. Margo. Yes. That's the end. Uh, seven out of eight. Seven That's out really of eight. great. That's an A. I'll give seven you an A. a. You give me an A? I'll give you an A. Thank you. I don't actually know what the division would be of that, but yes, I'll give you an A. Thank you. Thank you. I think it would be... Uh, it would be like a B plus. Yeah, it'd be a B plus probably. But I'll give you an A. You are gold even when Oksana Payul just sneaks in yeah, and I'm takes it Yeah, I'm waiting for Oksana you. to burst into the studio and say like, I got them all right from the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oksana. Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast. Our show is produced by Levi Sharp with editorial oversight by Kate Dries. Madana Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. This episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Want to send us a tip or let us know what you think? Hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. Please rate and review on iTunes. Five stars, please. Five stars. Five stars.